they're allowing us to have uh, autoplay on video, HTML video. Yeah, I know. How awesome is that? That's pretty great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Excited about it. Yeah, because, uh, you know, on my website and all, I have, like, background video, and I had to do a fallback for mobile devices. Oh, yeah, that's true, devices. yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that we're going to be able to do now uh, with video that we couldn't yeah. before. So it only works for video with no sound. Yeah, which is smart. Which which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what triggered them, like to reverse the decision, I think is gifts. That's like, well. That's what they mentioned using... in the article. Did you, did you oh, read really? the article? I, I, yeah. I didn't read the so article. they're like, so yeah. It turns out gifts are very popular. Problem with GIF is that they take forever to load and they're not as efficient as H.264. Um, so we kind of thought about it and here's the decision that we came to. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Great change. The whole WebKit team, Safari team at Apple. They're, they're doing chilling amazing it. work. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, their I, Safari preview I, thing. Awesome. I just assume that it's all uh, 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 Ricky Mandalo or whatever. <laughs> it's the only one that I know on the Safari team, but he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I met him at uh, WWDC last year. Uh, great guy. I was about to, like, I saw him uh, this year at WWDC, but he was, like, with a group of, a big group of people. They were all, like, engaged in a very oh, really? serious conversation he looked like and i was like no i'm not gonna yeah well time. so for some reason um there wasn't like that many people around him uh and he was talking to marco so i just like randomly walked in and had a conversation <laughs> with him and marco which was like that's pretty cool crazy um so yeah the pretty that's cool. what happens on wwc week it's like crazy stuff I'm like Isn't just it? a couple minutes before I, I got a selfie with uh, Phil Schiller, so <laughs> got pretty lucky. I didn't have a chance to take a selfie with Phil and Craig because, uh, well, after the show, the talk show that is, yeah, like they they stick around or stay back. I mean, I didn't stick around them. Like I, I probably I stick around for I don't know, like half an hour, and I met a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But during that time, they they stay backstage. So I, when I left, they didn't like join the <laughs> the peasants. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, for me it was like everyone was just, like going to see talk to Gruber and like the ATP guys, and then like I just see Schiller like walking off stage and like getting out. I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's my chance. <laughs> no one noticed him. Uh, so I like took a picture with him, and then like everyone then suddenly realized that it was Schiller that was there. Like everyone's like mm-hmm. running to like go get a picture with him, and he's like, oh, "I really have to go," and just left. So yeah, got pretty lucky there. All right, topics for this week. We have two of them. Um, Framer. Release an app for iOS, and they're calling it Framer for iOS, which is you know, <laughs> what uh, easy. <laughs> I would have uh, never guessed. Actually, the could, couldn't the name of the app be misleading? Like Framer for iOS, you think, oh, we can do you know what Framer does now on iOS? Yeah, no, it's like a mirror thing. Um, so they released this last Thursday, um, 
And by the way, this show is a bit late on schedule because we had a problem uh, with our recording. So we did record like half of it and then halfway through we realized uh, we had technical issues. You're breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, we've never had that conversation before. This this is all just coming up right now. Okay. Steven, edit this out. (laughs) Yeah. So people won't know. Cool. Um, so they released a, an app for iOS, and uh, it's like a mirror. So you can, you're creating a prototype on your Mac, and you connect to it on iOS uh, via either web, USB or Wi-Fi, and you can preview and interact with your with your prototypes on an iOS device, which is pretty cool. But this is nothing new, because there were a couple apps uh, on the App Store uh, that kind of did the same thing really but yeah but <laughs> their timing uh you know i think they're a bit late because everyone like a sketch has a sketch mirror app and envision they do have an envision app in marvel like um you know principle all of i don't i don't want to say all because i'm not sure but most of these tools design tools and all they do have an ios counterpart so you can preview your your mockups or your prototypes on a device and Framer never had. Well, they did have one for for Android, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so they were a bit late, and the reason for that is like the community took care of that gap. So very early on, I'm not sure when, but at least when I um, was introduced to Framer and started using it, there was this there was already this this app, third party app on the App Store called Frameless. Um, by developer Jay Stakelin. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but uh, Jay, I'm I'm confident on that one. Um, so there was this app called Framus on the App Store that let you do exactly that, like mirror um, what you're doing in Framer on an iOS device. And then uh, later on, there was this guy called me that decided, you know what, I need a couple more features. So I also uh, built this, a third-party app called Frames, um, and I think that's the reason why they 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 were so late to ship this, because the Framer team is still a small team, right? Uh, I think there's still less than ten people. I'm not sure on that. Um, so they're still a very small team. They are shipping updates, like big updates, uh, very regularly on a on a very good pace. And so I think the fact that the community kind of Fill the gap for that need. Maybe like it bumped that, that 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 feature like down their priority list, right? Because it's yeah. not that urgent need to have one because there was already some alternative. Um, like for me as a consumer, I'm really really glad they did this. Um, like I think they should. Um, and I've been testing it for a couple weeks now. Uh, and I'm happy to say that. <laughs> I have to say that it is awesome. Uh, my name is Rafa, and I approve this message. Uh, it's a pretty solid uh, app. So way better than, than uh, either Framus or Frames, to be honest. Because uh, it took kind of like both good things of, of both apps. So uh, like it, they shipped the offline feature, which was something that I had on Frames. Um, you pioneered the feature. S- pioneer the feature i'm a pioneer um (laughs) they also added something that 
uh, neither uh, friends or families had, which is like this layer of security. Um, so like you, if you're connecting to something on Wi-Fi, you know, using frames of frameless, anyone on, on your Wi-Fi can access, can open your prototypes and, and they add this new layer of security. So it's more secure, especially for like big companies and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. pretty important. Um, so it is pretty cool. Uh, but with this, um, I got share locked, which is something new to me. Never happened before. Um, and for people who don't know what share locked means, uh, the term comes from this one app for Mac OS or OS X at the time. It was an app called Sherlock. And it was basically what Spotlight is today, um, but before Spotlight existed. So there was this app called Sherlock. It was pretty popular. And then Apple on an OS X uh, release, they uh, shipped uh, Spotlight. And then everyone stopped using uh, Sherlock because Spotlight was... Uh, probably like better than Sherlock and it was built in and you know so that's that's where the, the term comes from is when you have something an app usually something for like a third um, a platform or something and then they release their own feature which is exactly like yours and you kind of lose your business most of the time well it depends um, right like in a lot depend. of cases I think it just brings a bigger market to like that category that never was exposed to it so sometimes it might actually even be a good thing. That, that's also true. That's also true. Uh, I think the, the champion of enduring being Sherlocked all single time is the developer behind Peacock, which is <laughs> yeah. a calculator app. And I know the, he released Peacock, I think version one was even like on before OS ten, like the classic Mac OS. And like he's on every single platform. Uh, I think even the watch. <laughs> it's a calculator app and the tv <laughs> more important the tv that's right yeah that's right <laughs> so um the way i feel about this is i'm feeling pretty relieved to be honest um like for people who don't know I, I, i'm not sure if i said this publicly but a while ago now i i started working on a version two of frames and that came with a new uh, like a redesign and a couple new features that I think still that would be pretty cool. Um, and when I started doing that, um, the Framer guys uh, reached out and said, hey, just to let you know, we are working on an iOS app of our own. And I was like, awesome. So, you know, they just reach out to ask for opinions, uh, ask for help, and just like, I'm, I'm in the loop. Like, I, we maintain a very healthy relationship with, um, you know, the Framer guys. They're awesome. So I was like, you know what? there's really no need for me to invest time and money on this because frames, I built it out of a necessity as a user, as a framer user. I wanted some features that they were not available anywhere. So I decided to build it. And like, it was not a financial success, like far from it, uh, really far from it. So it was really hard for me to justify the time and, and effort that to put into this. Mm-hmm. So... But I was really like into it. Like I, I, it was mostly was because I still have a feature in mind which would be all killer, and <laughs> I'm gonna try to see if I can like get them to build that. And I was really into the like redesigning the thing, like just exploring new design languages and design styles that I never had before. So just out of fun, you know. Um, 
So I decided uh, it's not worth it, really. Um, like they, they even the, the framework guys uh, before releasing this new app, they even asked me and Jay, the developer from Framless, if we would like to stay in the framework app. Like there's this on the framework app on your Mac, there's this button to like mirror, and you have a drop down list of all the apps that you could use to mirror. And Frames and Framless were there, and they asked us, "Hey, do you want to stay there?" And both me and Jay said no. Like you can take us out. Like there's really no need. Um, which I would get a ton more downloads and possibly more monies, but uh, not really. But I decided like no. This is time. Like this is a good opportunity for me to kind of sunset the project, kind of. Uh, <laughs> um, That's a pretty classy move. Like kudos well, for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no egos and in, in interests here. I mean, and again, it was not like my living. Uh, it was just a side project. It's a cool one, but yeah. And I mean, if, uh, if I understand correctly, because um, we've been like chatting about this um, since like you kind of started the app, um, mm -hmm. but you made this app because you wanted it to exist, right? And it's something that you wanted to use yourself. Correct. So it almost feels like, well, now it exists. So maybe that like your version doesn't need to exist anymore. Um, right. Or like, am I, am I wrong there? Or? Yeah. 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 It, it, that's definitely it. Like the reason why I even did frames with frameless being around was because I wanted this extra feature, the offline feature. I really wanted that. So that, that was kind of what made me do it. And now they do have that feature. Like, for me, as a user, there's really no need to use frames. Um, but I haven't removed it from the App Store for a single reason, which is Framework for iOS, the official app, is currently at $10 in the App Store. Um, and there was some backlash. That's a bold this. move. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. Like certainly and in the high range of the App Store uh, for iOS. Yeah, ten bucks is a hefty price for the app store, and you know this is like a companion app. This is not like you know Sketch is charging ninety nine dollars and it's free. The Sketch Mirror one, and the same for all the other ones, because uh, it's like it's like a it's part of the product that you're buying in a way, right? Yeah. Um, and for Framer, like. Framer itself, I think it's one twenty nine. I believe. I think they bumped the price. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe it was it's still ninety nine. But I think it's one twenty nine, and then charging an extra ten for the app. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have no problem giving money to a, a team or a developer, like for something that I'm gonna use a lot. Like, I'm getting a lot of value out of it. Um, so I have no, I have no trouble paying that. It's just, it's. It's a bull, it's a ballsy move, and especially, and this is what I'm not sure if this information is public, so I'm not gonna like quote anyone. But I heard this. I think it's public. I think it's on their Facebook group. I'm not sure. Um, but like someone brought up the fact that, you know, we as designers are building like all these uh, prototypes, and most of the time we wanted to share with clients, with stakeholders, or you know, just n even non-designers, the CEO or whatever, and they don't have Framer installed and they don't, like, it's hard, it's a hard sell to say, hey, try this prototype, 
you just have to pay ten dollars first to download this app and then open in this app. Right? Yeah. So that's that's a good um it's a good use case that someone brought up. Um but you know, they're a team they're again framer is they're a small team. This is a very like quality software and I think they should charge it. Uh, should charge for it. Um like if they can, I'm all for it. And framer they were they were they were always they were always like very pioneers in pricing and all if you remember uh, i think we talked on the show when they moved to this yearly yeah, year of upgrades exactly what sketch is doing yeah. right now so they were at least up to, like to my knowledge they were the first ones to, to do that um and they're a small team and this uh it involves a lot of time and effort so they should charge it but i i do feel that it's it's like not setting the right expectations for this app like Mm -hmm. To me, this is a core feature of any prototyping tool to be able to view it directly on device. Um, and it's sort of weird that they treat it as this add-on. Um, and like by not making it included, it's like saying that buying Framer, the app for OS X, is a complete purchase and that most people should only need the app on OS 10 or Mac OS. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And I almost feel like you're by like putting that price, even though that like people that use this and even clients like are probably going to be paying like thousands of dollars, right? To designers to make the, those prototypes. But even mm. that, even then the $10 uh, amount that it costs to be able to, like preview that prototype is going to turn some people down. Um, yeah. And, or at least like making, make them think twice of like, Oh, do I really need to, to think about this? And I feel like if I was a designer, um, and I wanted to share something to a client, um, I wouldn't want them to have to pay to view my mockups. Like they're already paying me. Right. Like, it doesn't right, right. make a lot of sense to ask them to to pay like this 10 bucks to be able to view the work that they paid for. Um, so it seems a little bit weird to me. I guess like as a freelancer, maybe you can gift it to your clients. Um, mm. But then again, it seems like if they don't need the money from like, that they're going to make from selling those uh, copies, then... I feel like maybe a better strategy would be to give it away for free and make it just part of your core offering. Um, but that's just me. Uh, something that I heard was a suggestion was like, make it free for like for one project. So if you want to add more than one project or prototype, you have to pay. Cause yeah, that's like the that use case work. for, you know, clients and all like you have one. Um, and also they, they can uh, take the risk Kind of like I had with Break to Save for the Apple Watch, which is, you know, you heard that Framer is a prototyping tool and you go to the App Store and you search for Framer and actually Frames appears in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. So sorry. Um, and, you know, so you see Framer for iOS and you see, hey, this is a prototyping tool I heard and now it's for iOS and it's 10 bucks. So, you know, it's a, it's a real app and you download it, you pay for it and then you want, want, like you, it's just a way to preview your thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder yeah. in the description and images 
it, like it'd be something that would come to mind of like okay we need to make it damn sure that like we don't say no that one, this is the real prototyping tool it's no one reads weird. the description yeah yeah exactly and well so screenshot. screenshots right yeah. like but even then yeah, like, and even maybe, the screenshots. yeah i feel like it can be confusing right. so yeah that's a good yeah. point okay man i have to tell you something uh this week we are sponsored by atomic.io which is pretty cool Again, they're back again. They're awesome. What? I know. <laughs> and so if you haven't listened to the past shows or if you have, let me just tell you about Atomic, which is a very, very cool uh, tool. So Atomic is a design tool and a prototyping tool that lives in your browser, right? It's on a web. So you can create like full-on high-fidelity mockups all directly in the tool. You can create very cool prototypes, again, all in the same tool. And if you don't want to use like maybe the design part of it, they do have a sketch plugin. So if you still want to keep using sketch, you can do that. And then with that sketch plugin, send it to Atomic, create a prototype there, for example. And you can invite like your team to your projects and they all can access like the same designs and very soon the same components, which again, they're releasing very soon. And we've mentioned this on previous week. Um, so all of your team, you can edit the same designs simultaneously like at the same time you can all be working on the same file uh, and you will always have access to the latest and to the live updates because it's the cloud you know magic <laughs> um you can also like they also have uh, awesome sharing features so you can share like your mocks for feedback for example so you, you can just hit share send a link to your pm send a link to your fellow designers your ceo client whatever, uh, and they can give you feedback directly in the tool. Like, you can do everything in the same place. Um, so in, if you're in a large team, this is something we haven't uh, told you guys before. Uh, if you're interested in a team plan, just for your whole team, so if you're more than one or two guys, uh, contact them at hi at atomic.io. Very simple uh, email address. Um, so if you want to check them out, and you should, by the way, their, their website is pretty awesome. I love that. Yeah, I love it. onboarding onboarding process is painless like one of the best ones uh, that i've seen it's so simple i didn't even think i had an account yet and boom i was there already designing something um really really cool so if you're not sold yet just go to atomic.io slash layout fm that will let them know that you came from here and that will help us a ton and you can start your 30-day free trial no credit card just just again just try that onboarding flow that me and Kevin experience it was so awesome. So just create your account, uh, see how awesome it is, and you're gonna have 30 days to try it out. So just like this weekend, just give it a spin, and you'll see how awesome it is. But if you tweet at them, and they are at we underscore r underscore atomic, uh, you tweet at them, you mention us at Layout FM, and say, hey, uh, I heard Rafa saying that you guys were cool or something. And if you tweet, uh, if you mention us both. They're going to double your free trial, so you're going to have 60 days. That's like two months for free, like a design and prototyping tool for free. So, again, give it a spin, uh, atomic.io slash layoutfm. Thanks so much uh, to them for sponsoring our show once again. And, uh, yeah, give it a try. I think you, tend to, like, you can tell a lot about a product based on its onboarding. Yeah, yeah. It's like cause it, the onboarding is like one of the things that you leave like, for last. Right? You design the tool and then you're boarding. Oh, right. Just put a login form. Yeah. Form. And to me, a messy onboarding is, like, is a result of a messy product. 
Um, so like when you see those like screens with like all the arrows, like, oh, click here to do this, click here to do that. Cause like the interface <laughs> is in- intuitive. Um, mm-hmm. so like you don't even have to go through the entire app. If you go through the onboarding and you're like, I don't get this, like this makes no sense to me, then the rest of the app probably doesn't. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Damn right. Remember, uh, iPhotos for iOS? Yes, that's exactly the one I had in mind. <laughs> Holy crap. That app was, was doing clever things, but was so confusing. Um, yeah, remember the swatches thing? That was yeah. like the pinnacle of the skew morphing. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Some designers at Apple like had a lot of fun <laughs> playing with stuff there, but it, it really felt like a playground for like trying out random UIs. We haven't done like this, you know, timeless, you know, just very broad topic in a while. Um, so let's do it. So feedback, we kind of separated this as like on separate as like why, when, what, where, and how, right? Yeah. So we could, we could talk about why, why would you ask for feedback or give feedback or why is this important? Yeah, um, I thought it was a question worth asking because, mm-hmm. hey, like, aren't we experts at what we're doing? Like, we've been designing for a long time, right? Like, why why do we need that feedback? <laughs> like, I, I don't think your your doctor necessarily asks for feedback all the time, right? Like, mm. maybe, maybe they do, uh, but... Uh, I feel like that's more of a car, a core part of, of designing that, like asking f- for feedback. Um, so it's, it's good to think of why that is the case. Um, and the kind of reason I came up with, um, was that most of the time we're going to be experts on design but we're not going to be an expert on like the specific field that you're working in. So if you look at me, uh, like the field that I'm working in is e-commerce. Well, I never really had a business selling anything online. Um, So maybe one day I will, uh, hopefully. Um, But so far I haven't like started my own business. Um, Mm -hmm. So you can't know everything. Um, and so that's like one place where asking someone that has that very specific expertise that you're trying to design for, uh, is super important because that, that's a like very good gut check to make sure that you're not that far off the mark, uh, and you're Mm -hmm. meeting the, the user's need. Uh, and also just get new perspectives. Right, get get new opinions on it, and that could be other designers, or that could be you know developers, that could be anyone really. Uh, your mom, like fresh perspectives, because if you're working on something, you probably are gonna work on it for like a while, like sometime, maybe a long time, maybe some projects take like takes years of your of your life, and you're just absorbing this thinking. When you bring someone from the outside just to give you some feedback, just to give you some opinions. That's something that, like, most of the times, they will, they will bring something that is completely new, like, you haven't thought about that. And that's, that's pretty cool. And then you, as a professional, as a designer, 
then it's up to you what to do with that new information. But if you're a good designer, you're going to take all the information that you can and act on it. So just bring new people into this, this thinking um, that can't hurt. To me, there's also kind of an, an angle where um, it's just, even just the, the act of presenting your work and asking for feedback is beneficial. <laughs> In a way, like it forces you to think about the rationale behind the different decisions that you made mm-hmm. and kind of come up with what are some questions or assumptions that you're making that you're unsure that are if they're true or not. Um, and like just actually doing that process is actually a great step towards getting better um, in your in your design work, because um, ultimately that's. That's why we use feedback, right? Because we want to get better and produce better results. Um, so sometimes, like when you, you're presenting something to other people, they can, if they, maybe they have like somewhat of a different perspective on, on things, well, they can mm-hmm. challenge you to do better than, than like what you think you could do on your own. Um, so like bringing that, that this different perspective in and kind of pushing you to, to do your your best work is like a very important part of getting better as a designer and i i mean i think for me uh it's it's been huge like that's that's how i improved on a lot of things and that's why i'm so like bullish on encouraging designers to post their work online because like that's how you're going to get feedback from a lot of people it's just like putting yourself out there and like trying to understand and process um people's thoughts on your work yeah so uh, and what about when when should you when should one ask for feedback um so i have a couple opinions here uh i think it depends like i kind of separate the the life cycle of projects uh into two different uh sections i guess Mm. so first you're kind of like thinking of the problem very abstract very like just thinking about what you're going to do and then the second part is when you're acting on it so when you're you know actually creating wireframes or creating some mock-ups or like acting on that Mm -hmm. um so you definitely should ask for a lot of feedback you you should ask not just feedback but ask a lot of questions very early on um just to get, again, get the most information that you can so you can act on it. Um, if you don't ask the right questions, if you don't ask enough questions, maybe you're already spending a lot of time creating your beautiful mock-ups and then someone mentions something that is actually pretty important and kind of changes everything. <laughs> so, like, that's wasted time and effort. Um, so g- make sure you get all the information very early on. Um, like, I can talk from from some from experience like at, at netlify right now um every time i have like to design a new feature or something i i set up a bunch of meetings early on even just before start drawing a rectangle just <laughs> early on ask every single question and and make sure like summarize everything and go back to them and all right all right so this is my take from this meeting um you should do this 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 and you need this feature and need to be able to do X and Y. And the user needs to do this because Z, right? Like just summarize and make sure everything is on the right 
on the right page, I guess, right? So make sure like nothing is slipping and don't take assumptions. Again, like you can sound dumb, uh, like, dude, that's exactly what I just said, but never mind. It's kind of like a trick when I used to work as a waiter and I was taking like uh, an order from, from uh, a customer and they mm -hmm. said, I want a Coke, I want uh, this A, B, C, and D. And I would always repeat back, like, okay, so you want a Coke, this, 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 right? And that's not just to make sure that you got everything, but just the fact that you're repeating it, it's easier for you to memorize it. Yeah. So, Also, great tip if you're bad at remembering names, repeat it when someone tells you their name. You're way yeah. more likely to remember it this way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's for, like, for the early stage. When you're actually you know, uh, uh, making rectangles and making the UI and mockups. Um, right now, when, right now at Netlify, what I'm doing is like, okay, uh, I'm working on this. You know, this can take a day, this can take a week, whatever. Uh, let's just say that this particular screen that I'm designing is going to take uh, roughly a week. So what I, what I do is I open like certain uh, windows of, of, of time, like a period of time where, okay, so right now, this is for feedback. So maybe I start and I draw the first rough wireframe and I put it up in Envision. That's uh, the tool we're using right now just to, like the, the, the repository for all things design, all things mockups. So I spend like three days. I have all the first rough draft, whatever, put it up in Envision. Uh, on Slack, I'll just let everyone know, hey, first pass, first draft of these mockups are here. Um, for this afternoon, like I'm taking all the feedback. So I kind of, I asked them to, during this time, make sure to go to this link, make sure you leave all the comments, all the feedback that you can. Um, and when that window closes, I just take all the feedback I, and then I act on it. And mm. like some, some people may have an idea down the line like when it's not on that window. Um, and that's fine. Like, I will gladly take it, just put it in a backlog, like, <laughs> put it somewhere. I will not, like, I can't promise I'm going to act on it right now because that's not the time for it. Because if you're open for feedback ever, all the time, that can be daunting that you can just get overflowed <laughs> flooded with, with feedback and ideas and everyone's just throwing ideas at you. Um, so that's how I'm doing. And like, I always have one last, uh, maybe like one day, two days before the deadline or something. Um, I opened the last, like I, I try to have the mockups ready, like put a bit of, uh, like a day early and I'll say, okay, so this is final. Um, now's the time for all the feedback. And then I try to act on it as well. But that's what I'm doing now. Uh, it's kind of new cause I never had like, I never worked with not a team this big cause I worked at bigger teams, but a team as like everyone is involved. Right. Right. Um, because it's a product company, it's different, but yeah, for me at least. So it's like everyone is involved. And again, I'm designing a tool for developers. Most of my team are made of developers, so it's like very useful. I really want their, their opinion on this. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now, and it's, it's working great. So my way of doing it is all the time. <laughs> so for me, it's <laughs> really? a conscious, like I envision is too slow for me. Like for me, it's like a conscious... <laughs> Like, uh, uh, like just a stream of thoughts and like mock-ups that is like 
coming to you. So uh, the tool that I use is Slack. Um, so we create channels for uh, every project. And if I'm designing, you'll see it. Uh, I will like <laughs> continuously be posting more and more ideas and sketches and like, okay, here's like this idea that I had. Here's the pros and the cons. I'm not sure about these things. Uh, I'm going to try this other thing next. And then, oh, I think I'm going to go more into that direction. And you will live stream it. <laughs> yes. Heck yeah. Like that's just how I like working. Um, mm -hmm. It like brings other people in with me on this journey. <laughs> um, and I want feedback all the time. It doesn't need to be this like perfect like moment where I like I'm like receiving feedback to me. It's like, like give it to me however you're going to give it to me. Uh, I'm like at a point like before in my career, like I was a bit more feedback was a bit more tricky. Now I'm just like, you can give me like the most like terrible feedback and like del uh, deliver it in the worst way possible. Um, I'm still going to take it and it's, it's going to be my job to like to find some use in it. Um, and so that's interesting to me. And that's just the way that I work. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing is ever finished for me. Um, so I don't like, I don't personally believe that like I, after a while it's, it's ever too late to give feedback on something. Um, nothing is ever perfect that you can be complained about. Uh, <laughs> it's like totally uh, my, ding, ding, my, ding. my motto, um, when designing. Um, so like, yeah, like there's nothing that that's perfect. Um, and I could be working on this literally forever. Um, the problem is we have to stop after a while, uh, and we have to compromise on certain things to be, to ship something. Um, Mm -hmm. But to me, it's really like a integral part of what I do. Um, and again, like that writing part of the process is also how I design. Like it's not just putting pixels mm -hmm. on the screen. Um, so, but it's this, interesting this, to see how different people like deal with feedback. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. I think part of the, the reasons that I'm doing this and not like be constantly open versus... I don't know, like sh constantly be sharing something on Slack channel for the project. It's not productive for me mm -hmm. in getting a lot of, you know, I get distracted and then I get, you know, stuck in a conversation, not stuck, but I get <laughs> really into this conversation about something, something, and it's just like productivity goes down. And so right now we are like on tight schedule. We have to release features. We have deadlines. And another key part of this, why I changed to this, like opening these windows for feedback is it's not that I don't listen to feedback outside of those windows is just that like all the mockups all the versions they're they're on envision anyone can look at it and comment in like at any time mm -hmm. but i i did this because first i tried doing that like okay here's a new version like i tried this new idea what do you think something someone thinks x and y and z okay so what about now what about now and <laughs> basically <laughs> like i couldn't ship something because there was always something else yeah. There's always something. Okay, now try changing this. Okay, what about this? And what about so we kind of had to like force ourselves 
to no now is not the time to <laughs> revisit and work on this particular thing that some people are sharing feedback and ideas we do have to close it for now it's not that it's finished we're never going to touch yeah. it again like leave all the feedback you can but it's just that i'm not going to act on it i can't promise that i will act on it outside of these appropriate time yeah so, so that ties to a point that i have later down in the notes uh, mm -hmm. that is when though like if you're kind of in a position in your company where you get to kind of define what like how f people are going to deal with feedback um one thing that is super important that that you do in my opinion um is to decouple uh feedback from authority uh, and also make sure that whatever feedback is given doesn't need to be acted upon. So mm -hmm. to me, feedback is just a tool that a good designer can is able to use, um, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a requirement. Um, so I firmly believe that the designer is going to be the right person to make a good decision for his own product that he's working with on. Um, and then everything else is just like output and you have to kind of process all that feedback and make a judgment call on what kind of feedback makes sense. What kind of things can we act upon now? What kind of things are we going to deal with later? Um, but at some point, like it, it, to me, it's totally valid to say, like, I understand your feedback. You're in the minority here. <laughs> um, so we're going to set that aside or um, say that, OK, yeah, that feedback is great. Uh, but that's like actually a much bigger project than what we're working on right now. So we're going to take a note of it and like once we get to like a later stage, then we can tackle this. Um, that is awesome. That that's pretty good. What you just said, decoupling feedback from authority. Yeah, I think uh, that's very important. And it's something I feel that a lot of people struggle with and kind of have fight for it. I certainly did, and I, I would assume that most of our listeners probably deal with, which is, you know, that's great and all, but what if the CEO says? You know what? I think you should change this letter copy to this and this. It's like, if you don't agree, like if it's a great idea, thank you for that. I will change it right now. If you don't agree, it's hard. It's a battle, especially like if you're new to a company or something. Yeah. You know, you can have cemented your authority in a way. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, or don't take the CEO, take a client. Um, and we kind of, touch on this I, topic yeah i i have to admit like i'm lucky to be in a situation where our ceo like actively wants to be challenged and mm -hmm. loves when like we basically like the way he explained it was he's he's constantly trying to test people uh and when he is like pushing back against a decision it's not because he necessarily fundamentally disagrees with the direction it's that he wants to make sure that we've thought through all the like mm. different scenarios and that we came up with a solution for those. Um, so actually like responding back is a way for us to say, we actually know what we're doing here. Uh, and mm. we've actually thought a lot about this. 
Um, and sometimes, and okay, so <laughs> we're getting into unrelated ter territories there, but I, I think that's an interesting subject. Um, when you get feedback from your CEO, um, sometimes uh, you can receive feedback from the CEO where you don't really mind. <laughs> uh, so you're like, sure, I can do that. Uh, but you don't necessarily understand why. Um, and I think that's also a very like dangerous situation to be in. Um, so CEOs are very busy. Um, they have tons of people that they have to give feedback to and tons of stuff to deal with. So sometimes they might not take time to explain, uh, the why, but I think if like, if you can take your, your CEO aside for like a couple minutes and just ask them. Uh, kind of the, the rationale behind their their feedback or suggestion that's huge like to me I should always be able to explain to someone else why we made the decision saying the CEO said we should do this is should never be an acceptable answer um, so like mm -hmm. ask questions like honestly I, I like I would guess that most of them are actually open to uh, like push back and like asking more questions and trying to understand where they're coming from. Uh, and I just think that makes better products. So ultimately that should be what they want. We will definitely get back to that. <laughs> like how to give feedback. Um, yeah. But before we, let, let's just stay for now uh, on like receiving feedback. Yes. So how, um, like where is the feedback given like to you? At Shopify, I guess, or well, not even just Shopify. I guess with the photo edit, because Twitter, for example, is the place that yeah, I'd, you can get I'd say well, so try to find the place where um, it's going to be easiest to get feedback. So if I'm doing anything online, uh, it's usually going to be Twitter. So I got a lot of DMs uh, for photo edit because mm -hmm. uh, that's just simple. Simple. Everyone has it. It's low commitment, low friction. Um, if I'm like working on more complex problem where I want to like dive more into depth, um, on like mock-ups or, or stuff like that, I really like in-person feedback. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a very specific reason for that. Um, and I think that's especially important when you're starting out, um, is that you can get, can kind of see people's like physical reactions and uh know that like when they say uh, i'm not sure like that this is the best pattern for this component here um that they're not like being really dismissive of your work and being really angry right like because i i've i've been on the receiving end of some feedback that on online that was maybe like maybe i misinterpreted it or it's just like someone that was like quickly typing some feedback in uh and it wasn't delivered in the most friendly way uh when in fact like they didn't mean it at all um so like being in person you get to see pe people's face uh and get to have a conversation um mm -hmm. where i find it's a bit harder sometimes when you uh post stuff online there's kind of different um, different levels in my mind. Um, so like the 
the best optimal feedback is the in-person feedback they can get, right? Um, but then there's de like definitely tools out there, um, not to name Envision, um, that are very also very useful um, for getting different types of feedback. Um, so if you have a lot of people that you're working with, um, sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense to do like a meeting with, I don't know, 20 people, or like if you have a lot of stakeholders, uh, you don't mm -hmm. want, like everyone's has like their own like calendar and it's really hard to get everyone in the same room. And it's, it's also expensive, right? Like <laughs> if you're, you have a, a meeting with 20 people, like it's 20 people that are taking an hour or, out of their day um, to, yeah. to be there and may not be actively participating. Um, so in that case, doing something like Envision where anyone can come in on their own time and leaving comments directly on uh, the things that they're interested in um, is very valuable. Um, and it's also it also works uh, so that it's time shifted um, so that mm -hmm. delivery doesn't have to be to come at the same time as like when you receive feedback. Um, so I think it's, it's like pretty interesting there uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, for me, my opinion changed a lot right now, <laughs> uh, right now at Netlify cause, cause I'm working remotely with a team and actually a third of a company is working remotely. And so a lot of change. So I spent a month and something like at the office over there in San Francisco with the team right and there was a lot of just in-person chats in-person feedback uh, sessions and stuff like that right and that's pretty cool and it's the most natural way really like just go over someone's desk and ask hey what do you think about this and you immediately get an answer as you said you can you can read their their uh, body expressions in a way like <laughs> yeah you can read between the lines and all that's pretty cool but Working remotely with a team, uh, not, it's not just you and someone else. There's a team here. The fact, like, the fact that not everyone can join in and be present, like in those in-person sessions, uh, changes a lot. Like you're alienating part of your company because they can't be there. Yeah, totally. Um, so even just... Uh, it's something that we, we are really fighting. For example, if someone asks someone at the office, hey, what do you think about something? And then, you know, you're talking about it and then someone else joins in and, hey, uh, about that, I actually thought about that yesterday and something, something. And you are having uh, like an organic meeting there, right? If that even makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And all the rest of the team that are not in the office can't join in. They, they are not even aware that that is happening. And they they can't get the like, the the result from it. They don't know what conclusion someone reached out to, right? So right now I'm trying to make everything like a, a paper uh, trail. Like if I'm thinking about something, uh, make sure that we talk about it on Slack. So what, something that we do have is we have like a, always on a, like video chat room right okay yeah in yeah. the office um so sometimes like one of those improv discussions start to happen and someone goes to slack and say hey me and someone are talking about this subject like make 
feel free to join in or something. Right. And you can always go to that, that video chat thing. So they move to that part of the office where it does a video chat just to uh. talk there and everyone can just join in. And if that like something meaningful comes out of it, make sure to just maybe just put it on Slack. Like just write, yeah. it. hey, we talked about this and we thought about uh, all these things. So we have a paper trail of everything that he said and everyone has an opportunity to join in and be aware and, and, and be informed of what, what's going on. So for feedback regarding like mockups and all, Envision is, is the, the tool that we're using. Um, of course, you can use like Envision, uh, you can use Atomic, uh, you can use Framer, you can use a lot of things just to share and just like, this is the place to ha like gather all the feedback. Um, yeah. Just like developers have like GitHub, they have issues and they have PRs or everything. Um, we're trying to use Envision and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you're working in a big team, it's very hard to give everyone a good understanding of what everyone's working on. So mm -hmm. using Envision to put all the work that your team has been working on allows everyone to stay in sync and see, oh, look at this team. They're working on a similar problem as, as we are. Um, so it's, yeah. it's great for like bringing more awareness to different projects. Um, we also have every Slack uh, channel public. Uh, in uh, it's for the better or for worse. Every time we create a new one, like we invite all the team. Like, hey, oh like really? This, maybe this new project, this new feature, we invited you in. Like, you you are here because if you don't invite them, maybe they they won't be even aware that there's a channel. Mm -hmm. We invite them in and like, okay, this is a place for to discuss something. Uh, you can always leave the channel like if if it's not relevant to you. But right, like, everything is public, and we we like even we really avoid having one-on-one -on -one, like direct messages on Slack. Um, and it could be like, it's not second intentions or anything. Maybe if I want to ask someone like a colleague of mine, the question, I, we try to ask it in public, like in a public channel. Yeah. Maybe some, someone else has an answer, a better answer or something like that. We, so. we try to do the same here. Um, and <laughs> to me, that makes, that made me like think that, the group DM feature in Slack is mm -hmm. the worst. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I really think that it was a bad product decision on their end. Because um, I constantly get like sucked in those private DM, group DM conversations that should really be channels. Um, and the reason why I don't think it's a, it's a good idea to, to do those is it's impossible to add new people later down the road. So oh, really? the people you're having a DM conversations with, that's those are the only people that can have access to the chat history. Um, so if you're adding oh, yeah. new people, it's going to be a new history. Like that's dumb. Oh. Like that doesn't work. Um, and yeah, then try finding that conversation again. Uh, it's, it's impossible. Anyways, back to feedback. <laughs> okay, back to feedback. So yeah, um, this is for the where. Wow, went on a limb there. So um, how 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 would you uh, ask for feedback? Uh, I kind of already answered it in a way. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really blunt and and it's very obvious what I'm asking feedback for. Like this particular interaction, this particular problem that i'm trying to solve this page 
something like I ask exactly what I want feedback on um, and people just do it in envision I you can like you have comments you can, you can mark it as resolved or pending or someone else um, so every every morning uh, I just go to envision like review all the screens see if because you know time zones so <laughs> yeah. uh, I get a lot of things like when I woke up I have other things that I missed so I go I review those and if I want to follow back, if, um, follow up on something, I'll, ju- I'll just do it directly there. Um, that's, again, is the thing you're working remotely. I can't use like physical props and stuff like that. <laughs> right behind me, there's a whiteboard with some scribbles on. And that's just for me. That's Company not. secrets. Company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of physical props, I love printing, printing things. Um, <laughs> and that's like a maybe like unpopular opinion in the office, but um, I just love printing all the different variations and iterations. Like if you think about the trees, yeah, and those poor trees. Um, but um, to me, like being able to see something off the screen allows me to take a different perspective. And I think when you're working on something, one of the big problems that you have is that you're so close to the problem that you're missing the forest for the trees. And (laughs) 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 pun not intended. Uh, uh, And by printing things, um, you kind of change context a little bit. And so what I do is print all, all of the different iterations and put them on the walls so that every day when I go at my desk, I see all the different ideas that I've had uh, and that I may reuse at some sometimes in the past. Um, so I can kind of like, if I'm looking for inspiration or trying to like figure out a problem, I can like quickly have at a glance, see like different ideas that I had in the past. And maybe there's something there, there like some gem that I can use and bring back. Um, and to me, it's just like an interesting way, uh, of getting feedback too. Um, by having something on the wall, it makes it so accessible to anyone. Um, and one thing I did, um, in the past was like, put a pencil like with a, like right next to, uh, the mock-ups and have a post that asks people like, please like give feedback and scribble on these uh, mock-ups. Um, oh, that's cool. And like, so anyone in the office could just like pass by and just leave a comment on something that I designed. And I thought like that was a really fun thing to do, uh, a bit less informal. Um, and I mean, it's, it's similar to Envision, right? Like this mm-hmm. idea that it's going to be this async way of getting feedback. Uh, it's going to be like accessible to a broader uh, number of people, but uh, I found that like it's even more to be like in the in the office it's more accessible than Envision because not everyone's gonna go and check the Envision project. So also could be a cool way to get feedback. Also, it looks cool to have yes, you know, looks models printed in there. <laughs> yeah, like for for us that wouldn't work because again, remote. Um, so <laughs> if I just hang. On the walls here, my mockups. No one is gonna be able to see it. <laughs> uh, but I like so not. I, I would. I definitely want to try doing that. Not just for feedback, 
again, that wouldn't work, but the perspective thing that I just mentioned. And also, it looks cool. Um, when I was in San Francisco, I visited a team at their offices, the abstract offices. Mm. And they also had like a bunch of mock-ups uh, nice. in the wall. And I was like, that looks so cool and <laughs> professional. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, so I think a, a, another part of the how is, did I say how? 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 Whatever. Uh, uh, an important part of the how is um, like kind of what questions do you ask people when you're presenting your work and looking for feedback? Um, and to me, like one of the important points that people should should talk about um, when presenting their work is tell people what kind of feedback you're looking for. Um, because turns out a lot of stakeholders are not going to be designers and they're not going to be experts at giving feedback. Um, what? So you can, yeah. Crazy, right? Um, I know. So you need to sort of guide them. And I'd say even if you're presenting your work to designers only, you should do this still. Um, yeah. You should guide people into what kind of feedback you're looking for. So are you uh, at the very beginning of the project and you just want to want some input on the direction? Um, it, does the flow make sense? Is the problem that I'm solving the right one? Um, if you're a bit further down the road um, in your project and you're kind of like polishing your interface, then maybe you want to make sure that um, like that people look at your spacing and make sure that all your icons uh, are pixel fitted, um, all that sort of stuff. So it's like it, the feedback you're going to get really varies depending on where you are uh, in the project. Mm -hmm. And sometimes also it's, it's good to just focus on a specific part of the, the project. So say like, oh, I'm just working on the onboarding now. Let's set everything yeah. else aside and like focus on this. Yeah. If you just ask like, so what do you think? That's, you're going to regret that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's so vague, so, right? Like, you can be talking yeah. about colors, you can talk about typography, you can talk about the flow, you can talk about anything. So again, be, be specific on what kind of feedback you're asking for. So maybe ask, instead of, what do you think? Or do you think it looks right? Just ask, do you think the user would be lost in this onboarding flow? Something like, specific, but not really. Like, giving some room for know deviation is in some sort but don't just say what do you think because you're going to get bombarded with all like feedback from all over the place and you can't it's not something that you can really act on it like so yeah yeah and it's also a, a good idea to explain kind of the give people a bit of context on the problem mm -hmm. that you're trying to solve and kind of like the rationale why um so say like oh um, I like I have had this problem. Uh, I tried these two different solutions, and then I ultimately select cho chose this one uh, because of X, Y, and Z. Um, do you think like it's I made the right decision here, uh, or like is there anything that I'm missing uh, that I didn't think about? Um, and I think like having those very specific questions are gonna allow you to get the feedback that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the coin, um, giving feedback, how should, how should you do it? 
Man, that's uh, so hard. <laughs> it is. Well, I can. I, I see here in the notes we has we do have some bullet points. I'm going to take one of the guys. I I think it's really, really important, which is when you're giving feedback, don't give answers, solutions, which is a very very hard thing to do. Like I I'm not perfect. Like I think everyone kind of does it, but if you're looking at something, don't say. Again, I'm going to use very stupid examples, but like, don't say, um, try putting the this button in blue instead of green. Like, instead of doing that, because designers, we want to solve problems. We don't want to like just do whatever else is trying is telling us to do. Instead of saying, why don't uh, try putting this button in blue? Try to say, do you think I don't think this green is you know, has enough contrast with the rest of the buttons maybe to, for this call to action. Something like that. Yeah, like or like, I don't think to the this color answer, fits our brand colors really well. Um, stuff like yeah. that. But that that one is so tricky and I can, I still find myself sometimes giving solutions. Yeah, I do it all the time. Still. Even if I, <laughs> like, I'm actively trying not to do that because it's counterintuitive, yeah. right? Like, in anything else in life, you don't want to be like that negative person that's like points out all the problems. You kind of want to have the upside and be like, Oh, Hey, yeah. like what about like this thing, like this great idea. Right. Um, but in terms of when you're talking about design, then you're basically, what you're basically telling here is that, you know, best, um, and yeah. that, even though you literally just learned about this problem 10 minutes ago <laughs> that you think you have everything figured out and that's not true. And also coming up, like it's so easy to say in a meeting, like, Oh yeah. Uh, move that button to the top of the screen, uh, push it left and then like change that screen to, uh, be before this other one and do all these things. But, until you actually try it and see if it works or not, you don't know. Like, and why? That's what I want to know. Why? Yeah. Why are you telling me to make the logo bigger? <laughs> I hate that example. Uh, <laughs> why are you telling me to, make to, to make this green? Is because you want people to feel good and feel relaxed around this color? Is because you want it to stand out of the rest? Like, why? are you asking me to do something? Why are you giving me this? I want to understand why. And then like most of the times, what you're going to end up doing is what that person suggested, but still like, that's important. You need to understand why are you doing stuff? Why are we changing this? Um, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. So like, the, the people who would need to hear this advice are probably not listening to this show. <laughs> um, and so the reason why I wanted to talk about also like giving feedback um, is that it's kind of our job to teach people, right? Like, yeah, you're often going to get that kind of feedback where it's like going to be like, I don't like the, the blue, make the button green. <laughs> it's like. What are you going to do with this, right? Uh, well, you sh like it's your role to say, okay, thanks for your feedback. Um, why? <laughs> and then kind of like reverse engineering their their uh, statement uh, mm -hmm. and kind of 
the the metaphor I use is like you're a doctor and you have a patient that's giving you the symptoms like oh my leg hurts I was like okay well why <laughs> and let's try to get to the bottom of this um, so and sometimes the symptoms like has nothing to do with the uh, the actual underlying problem like but you have to work your way. Uh, all the way back to that root cause and solve that problem because if you only solve like the one instance and not like fully understand the rest of the problem then it's going to come up again and again and again yeah yeah this is something that uh is on my to-do list i really want to put together like a slide deck just you know kind of what we we just talked about right now maybe i'll just send them a link to to the the episode yeah (laughs) yeah uh, but kind of like um, have a meeting with the, the whole team and kind of explain this designer philosophy. Like, how mm-hmm. do we take feedback? Because it's not the same for other professions, other fields. Um, this, you know, I think teaching uh, is just, it's always positive. Like, you can't go wrong. But that's definitely something that I really. So, really why? Okay, here's kind and of why? an interesting. <laughs> twists uh on on that why do you think that everyone has an opinion on design uh because everyone sees design yes okay there you go interacts with design you pass the test Uh, (laughs) thank you i really want my bell i don't have it here um so yeah everyone is a designer because everyone is in contact with design Mm -hmm. yeah and you like really nailed it there it like your desire to give feedback has no bearing on like whether or not you should be able to do the job it mm-hmm. it's really about like okay can you experience this um so if you if you can see things you can give feedback on design um uh, and like arguably maybe even if you can't see anything you can also give feedback on the experience uh but mm-hmm. Uh, that's why so many people have opinions on design because it's it's literally everyone, right? Uh, versus anyone like someone that like has even enough understanding to like let's say talking about uh, mechanics. If like something's broken with your car, like I know nothing about like how cars work. Um, so mm-hmm. like I wouldn't be able to give feedback or argue or anything. I really just yeah. have to trust um, the people that work on my car. So Exactly. All right, man. This is long. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah, we went deep on uh, feedback. Hope this was, hope this was useful. Um, I think yeah, like that's... It's funny because we kind of have different perspectives, even though we agree on the underlying theme and then approach to this we do have different uh perspectives in a way or yeah and this is why i like talking to you about that because you're kind of in a different situation Mm -hmm. um so it's it's always great to have like everyone's different perspective and see what uh, how other people are doing it yeah and for you listeners I bet uh, most of you are in a way different situation than me and Kevin. So if you do have fresh new perspectives on this, we would love your feedback. I mean, I really want my bell today. I don't have it. Uh, we love your feedback. Uh, so reach out to us on Twitter. 
are at layout.fm or send us an email or something. We would love to, to hear it. And if you want, uh, we can follow up this on the next show with your feedback. I just had an idea. What? It'd be great to do um, audio questions. Like they record? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can answer and follow up next week. All right, so if you want to be the first Or like statements. Ever. can be a statement about feedback. Yeah, use your uh, voice memo app on your iPhone or something similar on Android. Record one question and we will play it here on Layout FM. <laughs> we'll play Boom. it in the show and we'll answer it. Boom, how exclusive is that? Exclusive. Hey, you want to do recommendations before you go? Yes. Um, so I have a very unoriginal recommendation. Stranger Things. Okay. Holy dun, crap. Dun, dun. So good. Holy crap, how good is that show? Um, oh, man. I watched I'm, it in two days, the whole thing. Okay, I'm not done yet. I didn't have time. So yesterday was a big day. Um, but I'm almost done. Uh, I think I have two episodes left. Um, mm. so if you haven't watched it yet, it's amazing. I don't want to tell you Please any do. more about that. You're going to love it. Watch it. It's eight episodes and we're probably going to talk a little bit about it, uh, at probably. the end of the show next week. Um, cause there's so a lot of things, interesting things in there. It's on so, Netflix. Yes. And it's like, it's like this eighties sci-fi show. I don't want to say anything else. Yeah. It, watch it. Watch it. It's amazing. All right, I have a very weird recommendation this week. Um, <laughs> That's how we like it. It's a pair of sneakers. I bought a pair of sneakers. They're the Nike Marksman. And they look very much like the Back to the Future 2 sneakers. You know, the self-lacing, auto-lacing, whatever mm-hmm. shoes. Uh, it's not quite like that, but they do look very similar. Um, and I just fell in love when I saw them because they look know, awesome. The future, man. <laughs> so, like right now, uh, who would have known? Who would have said that in 2016 I had um, Velcro shoes and I was playing Pokemon? <laughs> um, and by the way, these shoes with a boosted board is as close as I can get as Marty McFly on a on a hoverboard. Uh, so I feel like I'm in the future. But that's uh, awesome. Anyway, I love these shoes. So if you like that, uh, we can put a, we can leave a, like a picture in the show notes. So just scroll and look how crazy they are. Oh, I have a second recommendation. Uh, I'll allow it. Am I, am I allowed? Yeah, I'll allow it. Okay, so I just bought a new uh, watch band for Apple Watch. I'm just showing um, Rafa on the camera. Uh, Is that the leather one? So it's not from Apple. It's a third-party band. Um, hmm. and I think it's one of the best third party bands I've ever seen. Uh, it's a Shopify store, obviously. Uh, <laughs> the store is, uh, Monoware, uh, and they have a lot of different colors, uh, for, for Apple watch bands. Um, and the style is very similar to the, uh, Hermes, uh, mm-hmm. band. So you have like the le- leather stitching. That's a lot nicer than the like standard Apple Watch uh, leather band that looks very plasticky. This one oh, looks thanks. so good. It's real leather. Uh, and what I really love about it is that it's a clasp. So even though it's a, it's a leather bracelet, uh, huh. you just have a clasp like that and you can 
remove it easily. Uh, um, you don't see that very often. No, you never see that. Um, and it's super great. I really like it. Highly recommend it. Very cool. Link in the show notes. I'll yes. check it out. And I'm going to assume it's cheaper than the Apple ones because they're crazy expensive. Uh, this one all, was fairly expensive too. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Steven, cut this out, please. <laughs> So I, I don't remember. I think it was that. like around. Yeah, it's. Uh, let me just double check to make sure. Sure. By the way, they are not sponsoring us. No. <laughs> but if not they yet. want to, not yet. They can go to layout.fm/sponsor and get in touch. So yeah, so it's eighty bucks. All right. Okay. So. But it's a mm, nice quality one. Like. It, yeah, it's super high quality, real leather uh really nice so cool that all right that's it for the show uh once again thanks to atomic.io for sponsoring they really are awesome check them out atomic.io slash layout fm take a look at their website see how nice it is and um if you want to get in touch we are at layout fm on the twitters or you can go to our website, layout.fm, and we have a link and a button over there so you can send some feedback and check out show no- the show notes and all that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. 